Hello, this is Future Editing Mac here, and I just wanted to point out some things to you guys before the episode itself actually started. Over the next few episodes, you guys might notice some things that Emily and I are affectionately calling growing pains. Essentially, we are experimenting with different methods of recording, specifically remote recording, um, meaning that Emily and I are not actually physically in our studio together, but rather doing our podcast over Discord and other various platforms. It's not always easy though. So for example, in this episode specifically, there is some wonky audio. There is some microphone popping and some ambient noise. Emily and I are also using two different microphones. Um, All of this is going to contribute to sort of a wonky episode you know but it's a labor of love and it's only going to get better with time so all we're asking is your patience as we continue to experiment with different recording methods and strategies so that we can make sure um, you guys are getting regular episodes and quality content thank you and i hope you enjoy the episode uh i was watching uh a BuzzFeed Unsolved earlier. Excellent and, choice. And Shane was like, I'm scared of anyone under the age of 23. They're all creepy. <laughs> it's like... No, literally. It's pretty accurate, honestly. Because you never know what you're going to get. You're either yeah. going to get, like, a weeaboo or, like, a war criminal. Yeah, there's no in-between either. My notes for this one are weird as hell, just so you know. Like, set up weird, or the whole story's weird? Everything. Okay. Like, if this was a bingo card, it would have everything. I would just win. Because, like, I took my notes, but it was one of those things that's, like, so old that it's hard to find, like, concise information about, you know? Yeah. Like, finding long sources was very difficult and all of the short sources just kind of repeated each other so this is gonna be weird one this is gonna be a weird one i am excited i had something for today that i wrote like a week or two ago and i wrote something new this morning that's what happened to me for the last episode when i did jennifer pan yeah, it was I something just changed else that, it that morning. we've talked about a little, and we had talked about the lizards a little, too. So I didn't want to I do two in a row lizards. that we've, like, recently mentioned a little bit. Do so. you know how many people messaged me and was like, I need Emily to talk more about the combat whales? <laughs> like, people were genuinely tickled at the concept of a whale being employed by the government <laughs> to fight. That quote floored me they're like what why would he be a spy it's dumb he's a combat whale duh <laughs> not a spy whale <laughs> it's like the, sp- they totally shut down the, the the idea of it being a spy but like <laughs> but he could fight he had a job yeah, he, he was did. employed good for him but yeah a lot of people were like i just need an episode 
about the combat whales and i was like that's not what this podcast is but i respect it (laughs) i mean we could do it i think we should i i know we already talked about like the thing i wanted to do for halloween where we do like a series of um like reading creepypastas which i still think we should do but we could also do we also got to do we talked about it like a month or two ago with uh like halloween costumes for the instagram yeah i want to do it like i want to i want to treat halloween like like it's a big deal you know like i want to make our podcasts more fun that month and then also make our instagram more fun and then also do like extra stuff because it's like I wish we had started this podcast during Halloween so that it could be our birthday, but even, like, without that, it's just, it's literally the ghostiest time of the year. Yeah, just call it the ghost time, ghostiest time of the year. I'm gonna do, I might, like, tweak our intro a little bit for just that month to make it fun. Yeah. Spooky. No, literally. I'm here for the spook, and I also want to cosplay. Get Adam to make a spooky song. That, or, like, including other, like, sampling something else in it, like Grim Grinning Ghosts. Yeah, that would be cool. Right. Or, um, or, like, the Goosebumps theme song. Oh, that'd be fun. We were talking about Goosebumps the other night, and how the, the puppet always just was, like, in the other books, too. I never wait. The puppet was in the other books. What? All of them. The the you know the puppet, the goosebumps puppet, whatever his name was. Are we talking about like the ventriloquist dummy? Yeah. Like from that one movie where he comes to life. Yeah. He okay. Was, yeah. He was one of the books was just about him, and then right. in a, and in a bunch of the other books he would be like mentioned, like someone else got him, and he like I don't know. He was always just like making cameos. See, I never read the books. I just watched, like, two of the movies and was scarred for life. (laughs) I read a bunch of the books. Nowhere near all of them, but I just I like them. I I remember the one where, like, the mask stuck to her face. Oh, yeah. It was, like, slowly killing her. And I remember the puppet one, but that's it. What was the other... Was it Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Yeah. Didn't that just get made into a movie, too? Oh, I, I think so. I just remember Either seeing, a movie like... Or a show, I don't know. Yeah, like, people talking about, like, the designs of some of the characters or something. Which, I don't know. I'm not a fan of CGI monsters. Yeah. Like, I like practical effects. Like, the creature from the Black Lagoon just a dude yeah but like crypt tv i don't know if you follow them on youtube but i am obsessed with their content like matt pat like in film theory talked about it like a year or two ago where he did a theory on their content and talked about it but they have a bunch of short series um kind of like anthologies but 
their monsters are all practical effects. Like, they're not CGIing everything. You know, they're not creating a monster out of nothing. They're putting a guy in the costume and editing him up after. Yeah. Um, And specifically, the look-see. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we've talked about the look-see. Where the look-see... He looks like Slenderman, kind of, and he doesn't have eyes, but he has that huge mouth. Like, that is so cool to me. And then they also have, like, one about a cult, I think. It's, I don't know. They're just so fucking sick. Alright. I'm ready to begin if you are. Me too. Fun. Okay, so I'm going to give you some hints to see if you can guess what I'm doing, all right? Okay. So it's a big point of folklore, right? Okay. Um, and it, this story or this character was definitely featured in at least one movie that we used to watch when we were younger. And those are your hints. Those are my hints. It's folklore, and it was included in a movie that we used to watch. The It started with an L. Are you about to say the Loch Ness Monster? No, what movie did we watch with the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> That's what I was about to say. What, it, no, but it like we made a day for it. Do you remember what I'm talking about? He was green. He had, like, these fins on the side of his head. He looked like a jelly bean version of E.T. Wasn't that the Lugaru? No, it, it sounded like Lugaru, though. Well, regardless, it's not that. Hey, he was kind of cool, though. <laughs> but... I'm pretty sure that was the Lugaru, though. No, no way. Was it? Because then that was like a not. <laughs> it it was none of the Lugarus that we even talked about. That no, literally. Episode. They just went way out of left field. If that was the Luguru. They just went way um, out of left what field. Else? Um, what movie did we watch all the time? Are you about to tell me cats? Are you going to tell me that humanized cats? Whoa, <laughs> that would be a fun episode, but not that either. Um, I don't think you're going to get it. I'll guess one more. It's kind of obscure. Kind of obscure. Like, did we watch the movie a ton, or was it just one movie that we watched one time? We watched it enough so that when I searched this topic, the movie was what was in my mind rather than the topic itself. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Another hint. The The movie was Bartok the Magnificent. Oh. Is it, <laughs> is it just bats? <laughs> Are you about to tell me the history of bats? Um, no, it's Baba Yaga. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> I could have gone Do you not remember when Bartok was like, he was doing all of the, the tasks for Baba Yaga? No, yeah, and he meets his friend, the pink snake thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Dude, as I was researching this, I was like, wow, this movie really stayed true to who she was. Because, like, she well, was, cool. a, like, the little old witch with the house on the chicken legs. That's but, such a good movie, too. 
it it was and like the song in the beginning the bar talk the magnificent like and i like that he was just in anastasia also that i don't really know why there was a crossover there but i'm glad it happened also the fact that bartok just like existed as a point of connection in various movies is hilarious to me because he was let's throw him in we need like 10 more minutes of movie time let's just throw him in there and his song was so fucking catchy i loved that little bat so much because he was also like super sarcastic yeah the sass the tude was so good i enjoyed him but we're not talking about bartok unfortunately we are talking That's about okay. Baba we got Yaga. a little bit in <laughs> but um baba yaga specifically is like one of the most enigmatic figures in like all of pop culture like she's referenced in pop culture all the time um the gag though is that every time she's referenced it's like just different enough to make it like the connections are kind of difficult like she's in um the new witcher game but most people don't realize that that is baba yaga because she's not called baba yaga you know yeah but baba yaga originates from slavic folklore as like a supernatural boogeyman kind of character um sometimes she's one person and sometimes she is three and if she is three women she's they're all sisters and they're named all of them are named baba yaga interesting so it's like sometimes it's the baba yagas like they're a band or or something and then sometimes it's just one but whether it's one woman or three women they are always ferocious, very scary, old women. Fun. Usually. Why would you name all of your kids the same thing? I just liked, like, if you're going to all have the same name, yes, put a portal behind it. Like, yes, this we are the Baba Yagas. Yeah, I know. That it. is so sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just um, seems so weird. It's like, Bobby, I come here, and then you have an army assemble at your feet. Because they don't know which one. <laughs> they don't know which one. Um, but yeah. So, in, in, this, in the myth, she usually lives in a hut on chicken legs. Um, and... The thing about Baba Yaga that makes her different, because, like, she's she's like the Slavic boogeyman, you know? She's the don't be bad or else Baba Yaga is going to come eat you type character that you're trying to scare your kids into behaving. But Baba Yaga specifically doesn't always hurt the people who encounter her. She's not just going to eat your kids. Like, she will either... <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> dang it she's either gonna help or hurt depending on how you treat her or whatever so sometimes in mythology she like plays a maternal role like sometimes she's like the friendly grandmother who was just living out in the woods and doing her little thing and then sometimes she's literally grinding children's bones so that she can snort them that's that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot but um 
So she's identified as one of the most memorable and distinctive figures in European folklore. Um, And the words that are used to describe her are striking ambiguity because she's she's so faceted like she's not flat you know she's not a flat character like the boogeyman is or whatever um sometimes she's clouds sometimes she's moons sometimes she's literally death itself um other times she's winter a snake birds pelicans an earth goddess uh she's like an archetype um but the most common description of her is that she's ugly and that she steals children, she cooks them, and she eats them. Is like her her mythos. And sometimes she in mythology also like travels with death um to eat the souls that are newly collected. So death will collect the souls and then Baba Yaga eats them. That's that's a fun one. Right. I thought that like that is a fun little crossover that's episode. Like some soul eater stuff. Right? I thought that was so cool. But if um, Bobby Yaga was a weapon. Which was <laughs> Um <laughs> It'd be like it'd have to be like a scythe or something. Something cool. Something cool. It's just a big mortar and pestle. No, literally. <laughs> But, um, so her name as a meaning, so Baba and Yaga, two different words. Baba usually means elderly woman. It stems from uh, babushka in Russian or babisia in Polish. Um, it could also be like specifically Russian babble, like kind of how in English we shorten like mother to like mama as babies. Um, Many, like, Russian children will shorten babushka to baba. And then older Russian translations also, like, attach that word to midwives and fortune tellers. And in modern Russian, it can be described, it can be used to describe a foolish or dirty old woman. So it's almost always attached to older, like, maternal women in like Russian or Slavic culture. Yaga doesn't have any direct translations, but in most languages it's negative. So it can mean anything from like anger to horror to witch. Um, But like the thought is that the first part of her name is just meant to identify her form. Like she is an elderly woman. And the second half is meant to identify her as something evil. All right. Right. And like I said earlier, so in typical boogeyman stories, they're often very flat. Be bad and bad things happen, kind of, like cause and effect. Baba is a lot different, though, because like, yes, if you're a bad little kid, she'll cook you and eat you. But if you're good, she's almost like a grandmother to you. So it's like behave and Baba Yaga will help you when you need it rather than misbehave and she'll eat you, if that makes sense. It's literally like positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. It's just, it's, it's so dramatic. It's like, yeah, if you do your homework, you will get eaten. So don't do it. That, but like 
if you're good, one day when you're lost in the woods, Baba Yaga will help you find your way out. But if you're bad and you get lost Wait. in the woods, Baba Yaga is going to find you and eat you. The goal across the board is just to make children behave, but she's a very polarizing figure in the sense that she's not explicitly evil. The first recording of her name is um, by an author named Mikhail uh, Lomonosov, Lomonosov, and his work, um, The Rossi Skirt Grammatica. It's essentially like a dictionary, and he mentions her name twice. The first one, it's in a list of Slavic deities side by side by their Roman counterparts. Uh, Baba Yaga, though, is listed without a Roman counterpart. So she's, like, this implies that she's, like, a uniquely Slavic creation because she has no Roman or Greek influence. And the second part was, like, just in a sentence, I think, but she's literally, like, purely Slavic. That's pretty, like, that's so cool to find a... Uh, a story that it isn't but um but regardless so as the years go by like the stories of the the hag in the woods begin to spread she's usually described as like old and bony and then she rides around like you mentioned earlier in a giant mortar and pestle <laughs> um, presumably because her whole thing is like kidnapping children and grinding up their bones um but she also is, like, noted to carry a broom to, like, sweep up her mess after. Like, she's coming prepared. She clean. She Strapped. <laughs> Strapped. And then, you know, the house that stands on two chicken legs. But, so she isn't, like, a generic sort of witch is, like, the point I'm trying to make. She doesn't ride around on a broom. She rides in a mortar and pestle. Like, her house is standing on chicken legs so that it can constantly spin or constantly move, both of which are a terrifying image. Um, and her, she's described Walking around her, in a spinning house. Out of no, nowhere. literally. Like, when it was, at first when it was like, oh, it walks, I was like, oh, I can get behind that. And then they were like, no, it'll also spin rapidly. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Why? Like, it's like a... You remember that ride at the fair where you get in and it, it spins so fast that you can, like, turn yourself upside down and all that stuff? Like, that's what it made me think of. I just did one of those for the first time, like, a month ago. It was great. Right. But that's what it made me think of. Um, her teeth are also sharp enough to gnaw through bone. Sometimes in Mythos, they're even, like, metal teeth. Her legs are incredibly skinny, which is why she's sometimes also called... Um, bony leg like the witch uh witch bony leg and one this one specifically though is thought to have uh like demonic implications so there's a poem from 1840 titled baba yaga the bony leg and in this poem the author says that the devil cooked 12 evil women into one so that she would be just as evil if, as himself and baba yaga was allegedly the result so she supposedly goes in the world to do evil and then comes back to hell for her reward oh she's like a bounty hunter essentially that's pretty epic 
first but um the physical descriptions of her in this poem were that she had fangs nose hair so long it hung down to her chest huge ears horns on her forehead holes instead of eyes a toad skin hat and a snake skin coat and this poem kind of sees her more as a demon than just an old witch like she's not not human at all that's a weird like a weird picture i've always seen her as an old woman right like an old witch who lives in the woods like yeah, a Hansel that's and Gretel. What, yeah, that and like a it's always been a similar thing in my mind. It's like same where it's like it's scary but it's not explicitly evil, you know? Like Yeah. some part is still human to some capacity, but that poem specifically was like nah. No no human. <laughs> no. We go all the way if we go in. 12 evil women cooked into one bet (laughs) um but then like also her house we mentioned it earlier but her house is crazy interesting it's also sometimes called the hag's hut it stands on two chicken feet and is able to literally like just stand up and walk away at will um strangers also can't enter the house without saying turn your back to the forest your front to me Sometimes the phrase just unlocks the front door. Sometimes it actually causes the door to manifest. Um, The phrase is also thought to stop the house physically while it's moving through the woods. So if you see it running and you say this phrase, it'll like stop it in its tracks so that you can come inside, in theory. What if she's late, though? Like (laughs) Like trying to get somewhere and you stop her house. Baba Yaga's hut is the ultimate mobile home. Just a chicken house. (laughs) The chicken feet are also, like, thought to have their own symbolism. Like, so she's always either a grandmother, a crone, dangerous, wild, witch, whatever. But living in the woods is thought to demand, like, a sense of being resourceful. Um... And chicken feet are the least desirable part of the chicken. So people sometimes think that symbolically it's meant to imply that she built her house out of unwanted scraps and made them useful. Or regardless of a, like appearance, everything has a use to Baba Yaga, which is also like why she, in theory, uses every part of her victims. You know, she'll, she'll eat the meat, but also grind up the bones. Like, um, sometimes her house also has a fence around it that is built out of straight up bones which is more resourcefulness like she's going to use everything she has um sometimes her house also has i would i would right what no keep finish your thought it cut out Uh, oh i would never (laughs) think to like (laughs) this the way people find symbolism i'm like dope chickens like (laughs) i can't think past that like chicken do you remember that movie chicken run yeah that it's just chicken run i was like cool chicken legs chicken run the sequel baba yaga she's the um, but sometimes her house also has a chicken head on top that's sick wait chicken chicken runs the sequel i thought chicken Run was the first one first oh 
I thought you were telling me just now that there was like a first chicken run or that like chicken run was a spinoff of something. I, I'm not too caught up on the chicken run lore, so I can't <laughs> tell you. I hated that movie. Dude. I just remember that it had and like chickens. Wallace like, and Gromit. I hate claymation. It's <laughs> oh, so scary. It's but interesting. This is why her house is so hard to find because it's literally running at all times. Um, some people also like explain away this part of like the myth that it like sort of got lost in translation and that her house actually just stood on real stilts um that sometimes might have like resembled chicken feet but i think the chicken feet is more fun yeah so the mortal mortar and pestle is also thought to have its own symbolism because you know these these tools are usually to like grind up herbs and spices but also medicine um and they're often linked to witchcraft so people think that like the fact that she's because you know brooms are useful brooms are pretty useful but she's not choosing to fly around in a broom she's choosing to fly around literally like riding up the mortar and using her pestle to steer so that when she stops she'll literally have all of the tools she needs with her like you see baba yaga flying around the woods you're gonna get kidnapped she'll bitch she'll grind you right there what else (laughs) does she have to use lose she mobile so as this sort of like in in like enigma in folklore she doesn't really have her own stories she kind of just appears in other people's um but her role varies sometimes she's helpful and sometimes she's straight up evil so i'm gonna tell you some of those stories today teehee so i'm gonna tell you the story that's like considered to be her most famous appearance um the story is called vasil vis oh i'm gonna butcher this name but i know how to say it i swear vasilisa the beautiful um so it is a fairy tale included in a collection by um alexander oh my god i put the pronunciation in my notes and i'm still gonna mess it up (laughs) aphanisif aphanisif af af that (laughs) dude but um the story centers around this girl named vasilisa her mother passes away and leaves her a small wooden doll before she dies though she tells vasilisa that if she ever needed help all she had to do was feed the doll and it would aid her um so when her mom dies she feeds the doll something to eat and it comforts her and so eventually though like when her mom dies vasilisa's father like moves on and remarries but her stepmother is like evil and cruel like she worked vasilisa to the bone but the doll is what helped her complete her tasks so like it's it's kind of like cinderella like the the separating the seeds from the ash and the mice came in to help her um the doll kind of 
did the strenuous tasks and Vasilisa would do like, you know, the normal chores. Yeah. Vasilisa was obviously beautiful. It's in the title. And it attracted a lot of young men to her, but her stepmother rejected each proposal because um, her daughters were older and therefore needed to be married off first, but none of the suitors wanted them. So Vasilisa was just kind of stuck. She couldn't be married and leave. Um, She had to wait until someone could tolerate her stepsisters. So her dad was a merchant and often he'd be gone for like really long periods of time and on one of these um, excursions her stepmom took advantage and used that time to sell their house and move them out into the middle of the woods so one evening the girls are told to put out all of the fires in the house except like a single candle um One of the older daughters accidentally puts it out, though. And Vasilisa is blamed, and therefore Vasilisa was the one who was punished. So her stepmom told her to go get the light from Baba Yaga. So Vasilisa had obviously, like, grown up with stories about Baba Yaga. um, So she wasn't too keen on going. Um, So she feeds her doll some crumbs, and it calms her nerves and tells her to go see Baba Yaga. So she waits until the next morning, and then sets out on her excursion through the woods. And along the way, she comes across a man wearing all white, riding a white horse, but he paid no attention to her. So she continues on. There's a Bartok cosplayer. That's the pizzazz that this story needed. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my pizzazz for right now. It was Bartok all along. I just punched yeah. my mic. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so later, another man rides by, this time all red with a red horse, and then Uh, but pays her no mind so she keeps going and eventually she comes across a fence made of human bones and a house sat on two chicken legs so she's freaking out because this is obviously baba yaga's house and she's debating on whether or not she should go in while she's struggling though like internally a third man rides by this man is dressed in all black with a black horse pays no attention to her but as he rides by he brings nightfall with him so the skulls along the fence like making up the fence posts start glowing and she doesn't move because you know there's literally glowing skulls so she stays by the fence until baba yaga herself comes home she comes riding in on her mortal, mortar and pestle and sees Vasilisa waiting for her. Um, and they have sort of a conversation, right? So Baba Yaga agrees to give back the light to her, the fire, under the condition that she has to do like a series of tasks. And the caveat is that if she fails, Baba Yaga gets to kill and eat her is the deal 
these tasks, though, literally the story of her life. So it's like cooking, cleaning, laundry, the stuff that she's already doing for her stepmom. But Baba Yaga also throws on, like, she's told to separate uh, poppy seeds from dirt and good corn from rotten corn. It was too much work and she gets exhausted, but she feeds the doll and the doll does the work while she sleeps. So then she's doing, once again, the normal chores like the laundry and the cooking and stuff while her doll is separating the good corn from the bad corn and all that jazz. So the next day goes through. Um, The three horsemen ride by again. White for dawn, red is evening, and black is nightfall. And as the last horseman rides by again, Baba Yaga comes home. She inspects each and each task individually and has no complaints um specifically i thought this was fun to note she has three pairs of severed hands that are going through and checking the corn for her to make sure that um vasilisa separated the corn correctly (laughs) and then this is also when baba yaga explains to vasilisa who the men are she explains that like white the white horseman brings day, the red horseman brings the sun, and the black horseman brings night. But uh, Baba Yaga knows that these tasks were impossible. So she asks Vasilisa straight up, like, how'd you do it? And Vasilisa's response is, with my mother's blessing. And this rage, 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 <laughs> fucking rage. Baba Yaga tells the girl that there will be no blessings of any kind in her house. So she kicks her out. She gives her a skull lantern. She fills it full of burning coals from her fence and she sends her home. Sure. But like she got away, you know, she yeah. didn't die. She didn't get eaten. When she gets home, she finds out that <laughs> when she gets home, she finds out that while she was gone, there couldn't be light of any kind in her house. Um, so no candles, no torches, the fireplace, literally nothing. Um, they would, like her mother and her stepmom and her sisters would light lanterns outside and then try and bring them in only for the light to go out in the doorway. But the coals that Baba Yaga gave her were like so bright um, that it it actually burns her stepmother and her sisters to ashes. Like, it just straight up murks them. Yeah, wait. <laughs> and she buries the skull under her house so that it can't hurt anyone else. So the the rest of the story, essentially the epilogue, is that once her mother and her stepmo- or her stepmother and her sisters are dead, she moves away to become a cloth maker, and her skills are so good that she's working for the royal family and eventually marries a prince, is how the story goes. But so she just murders them and leaves. No, like literally. But in this story, Baba Yaga isn't usually represented as evil. It's more of like she's willing to help you. It just has to be earned. And yeah, it's hard earned too. That, and then the the adverse reaction to the blessings um, also might be because there is a lot of stories that Baba Yaga is actually the devil's grandma. Oh, that's dope. 
right like so she's either a demon that the devil cooked using 12 evil women or she's fucking accompanying death on the collection of souls or she's literally the devil's grandma i really like just the idea that she's just some some grandma who moved out to the woods and like built a chicken house <laughs> like just a normal grandma <laughs> like she just figured it out all right literally this story also introduces the three horsemen no relation to the four horsemen of the apocalypse um in mythos it's common for baba yaga to like control all elements of the forest and like individual elements within it and the four horsemen or the three horsemen are like the perfect example of that because the three horsemen are meant to represent the cycle of the day so like dawn dusk night and baba yaga controls when they ride is essentially the idea so baba yaga therefore controls the passage of the day within her forest that's pretty like we play minecraft and we we cheat the night away every day we just don't let the third horseman ride yeah we just he's always in the stables (laughs) i can't believe you just compared baba yaga to minecraft that's what i'm here for i mean (laughs) (laughs) um this story also has parallels to cinderella obviously like the absent father the evil stepmother stepsisters chores if we're going by that parallel though that makes Baba Yaga the fairy godmother. Yeah. Which I just thought was noteworthy. And that also makes <laughs> um, Vasilia's, Vasilisa's doll the mice. Like the, the doll that helps her through all of her struggles or whatever. Is like Cinderella's mice friends who are, you know, help her sew and help her do her chores. And Baba Yaga, I don't know. I just thought it was noteworthy that... It's interesting to put them side by side to see how different they're the same, but they're they're so very different at the same time. Right. And Cinderella came after this myth. Like the the original story of Cinderella came way later. And if we're going to assume that Vasilisa's story is the inspiration of it, somebody looked at Baba Yaga and said, nah, we'll make her a fairy. We'll make her nice. Um, I also read like a handful of other stories about Baba Yaga and all of them or a lot of them at least hit a lot of the same notes as this one. There's always an evil stepmother and almost always the stepmother is related in some way to Baba Yaga. So like in one of the stories, the stepmom was Baba Yaga's sister and in another one, Baba Yaga was her grandmother. So it's like the all of the evil women were sending children away to their evil sister witch, Baba Yaga, assuming that Baba Yaga would eat the bad kids and all of the kids like managed to cleverly escape Baba Yaga in some way. Yeah, parents. straight up. Um, one of the other ones I read was very like, Hansel and Gretel vibes, but I'll talk about that one in a second. First, though, I'm going to talk about another story involving Baba Yaga. Um, This one's called The Maiden Tsar, and this one has a little bit more, like, evil implications. Um, 
so like I said, in some versions of the stories, she isn't one person. She's three sisters all named Baba Yaga. And that that's this one. So this story follows a merchant's son. His name is Ivan. And he visits the three homes of the three Baba Yagas. So he arrives at the first house. And it's an old woman. And he asks her if she knows where some kingdom is. She says, no, I don't, but my sister might. Ivan continues on until he finds another hut identical to the first one. He knocks. Another woman answers the door, but she's significantly younger than the first. He asks her the same question, gets the same answer that she doesn't know, but her sister might. She also warns Ivan that her sister will probably try to eat him. She says that if that happens, he should ask her sister for three horns and then ask her for permission to blow them. The first softly, the third a little louder, and the third as loud as he can. So he continues on into the woods and stumbles upon the last identical hut. He knocks the woman answers she's the youngest of the sisters so far and as she was as he was told like she does fully intend to kill and eat him um he pleads with her though and brings up the three horns and because she doesn't see any reason not to she allows it so he does what he's told he he blows the horns and first softly louder and then as loud as he can and blowing these horns causes the house to be swarmed with birds and among them is like this big fire bird which tells Ivan uh, to jump on his back so that they can fly away before he's eaten and he does and like that's straight up the end of the story sure. like literally how, how are they going to get anything to eat if they give the instructions on how to not get eaten though that I also thought it was interesting that it went, like, reverse age because the youngest of the women, like, the youngest woman is the one who was fully intending on killing him and eating him. And it's interesting because usually Baba Yaga is this crusty old witch who wants to eat kids. So why wouldn't it be the reverse? Why wouldn't we go youngest to middle to oldest? That's really, yeah, that's weird. It might be kind of like the, I don't know. I don't know. We started that's saying, that we started this episode, or it was before we started recording, but we said anyone under the age of 23 is absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, and I think <laughs> this folklore proves that, so. Are you saying that Baba Yaga, are you saying that Baba Yaga is Gen Z? I'm saying that that youngest one that was crazy, that was the youngest, could be under 23, and that would explain a lot. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the first Baba Yaga was definitely a boomer, the second was definitely a millennial, and the third was definitely Gen Z, and that's why she wanted to eat people. Yeah. It all eat, adds up. Eat the rich. Ivan sounds rich. He's a merchant's it. son. Ivan sounds like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Then he's... Ivan sounds like a tool. (laughs) 
But the the last story that I read, I'm not going to do like a full synopsis of it because, you know, a lot of these stories hit the same notes. But this one was very reminiscent of Hansel and Gretel. So it's like the their father passed away. Um, there was two twins. Their father, or no, their mother passes away. Their father remarries. The stepmom was abusive like would yell at them for no reason and barely gave them anything to eat and like worked them to the bone and so like in the story specifically it talked about how like to be wicked was like poison um like it would slowly kill the good thoughts and it was wickedness that like grew in their stepmom's heart and that's why she intended to send the kids away to the witch um so she tells the kids to go see her grandmother and her grandmother is baba yaga and she tells them that like if you do everything that she wants you to do you'll be given sweets and you'll be happy which i thought like sounded very reminiscent of hansel and gretel like yeah specifically the note that like you'll get sweets if you behave but um so Hansel and Gretel got a house though it's like they also got a place to live so I really <laughs> feel like these it's like a lackluster promise that but so the orphans like they they run away but they don't go to Baba Yaga's house they go to their grandmother's house and um the grandmother tells them that she's sorry for their situation but she can't help them um you can't come here you have to go to Baba Yaga but she gives them a hint and the hint is uh be kind and good to everyone do not speak ill words of anyone do not despise helping the weakest and always hope that for you too there will be needed help so it's like be good and treat people with respect and hopefully they will treat you with the same respect. So the grandmother gives the kids um, milk, ham, and cookies so that they can eat on their travels. And when they arrive um, at Baba Yaga's house, they do the, the phrase, the turn your back to the forest, whatever. Um, and the kids go inside and Baba Yaga, <laughs> another part of the mythos that I forgot to mention earlier is that sometimes when you enter Baba Yaga's house, she will be standing with one foot in one corner and the other foot all across the room in another corner, like spread out. <laughs> Stretch. No, like literally like some Elastigirl shit. That's weird. I don't like that image. Right, and that's what they came in to see was her, like, spread across her house. Um, so, obviously, they're fucking afraid, but they <laughs> are polite to her. And they say, ho, grandmother, like, our stepmother sent us to serve you. Um, and she gives them the same spiel she always gives, which is, all right, I'm not opposed to helping you, but... If not, like, if you don't do what I tell you to, I'm going to eat you. Like, just straight up. 
so she doesn't sugarcoat it no literally she's just like do what i say or else i'm literally going to grind up your bones and snort it like because that's what <laughs> i am here to do so she tells the girl that she has to spin thread and her brother has to carry water to to fill a tub um and they're both like crying as they're doing this but like for the girl specifically a bunch of mice show up and she gives them the cookies and they help her the mice tell her that like they're hungry so she feeds them the cookies and the mice say go find the black cat he's hungry help him so she is on her way to go do that and she sees her brother like struggling with the tub because no matter how many times he fills it it won't stay full um so they see birds passing by that's when they give them the crumbs and the birds hint is clay so that's when the children um they take some clay and they stop the tub and that's what keeps it from draining um and then the children leave together and at the threshold is when they meet the cat they give him the rest of their ham um and pet him and the cat tells them that he will give them a towel and a comb and that they must run and when they hear the witch running after them they drop the towel and a river will appear and drop the comb and woods will appear which is just straight up bat shit yeah and what if he lied that <laughs> what if they drop the towel and just get eaten <laughs> but baba yaga comes home and the kids had completed their chores and essentially she says like you did good today but let's see how tomorrow goes and if you don't survive like I just get to eat you so they like to remind like she likes to remind them by the way today's done but there's always tomorrow (laughs) so the kids go to bed And it's like a bed of straw in a corner. Like, they're petrified. They're afraid to even talk to each other. And the next morning, she orders that all of the linen be woven and to for them to bring firewood inside. So instead of doing that, they take off. They run, like, literally as fast as they can. Um... And a Baba Yaga actually sends, like, a, a horde of dogs after them, but they throw, like, what's left of their food. Um, and the the other thing was that the gates couldn't open by themselves, so they oil them. And the birch tree by the path, like, almost scratched their eyes out, but the, but the girl ties a ribbon to it. Um, so essentially, like, the as they're going through, they're, like, helping whatever is near them and um the cat sits down by the loom and tears all of the thread to pieces and baba yaga returns and is like what the fuck where are the kids to and she (laughs) begins to like hit the cat and like why have you let them out you treacherous cat whatever the cat says well um you know i i live here and you don't feed me (laughs) they gave me a problem i'm starving so i let them go that and then she also yells at the dogs and the gate and the birch tree. And the dogs are like, well, uh, they fed us. <laughs> Dude. And then the gates are like, 
they oiled us. You neglected <laughs> us. Dude. The idea of the gates talking. <laughs> and then the birch tree is like, they they tied a ribbon to me. They made me pretty. <laughs> I'm cute now. And Baba Yaga gets mad and she like understands like no one is going to help her. So she takes off after them. Um, and she jumps on her borderline pestle, flies off. The kids throw the towel behind them and then a river appears. Um, appeared in like a watered field and Baba Yaga had to hop along the shore until she found a shallow place to cross, even though she's flying. Yeah, I have a question. <laughs> can, the, can it just not fly over water? Right, like I feel like that's like a glitch in the game mechanic is that yeah, you can't I feel like that's fly like a, over a, a body of water even though you're flying. That. And then, so she keeps, so she finds a shallow place she crosses, but the kids throw down the comb and like a forest appears and it's like deep and dark and dusty and all of the roots are like intermingled with each other and the branches are matted together and the witch can't get through is the method. So she cannot pass uh, through the woods. So she goes home and the order the the but orphans get home fly. they tell their father about what happened <laughs> i have questions no i know but the the kids get home to their dad they tell him everything that's going on and their dad becomes angry he sends the stepmother away and lives a life with his good children and he never neglected them again <laughs> again <laughs> like but it's like it it's very like I don't know. I felt like canceling Gretel. Maybe it was just because there was two of them and a witch, and that's all that has and to. And candy. Yeah. Right. That's all that has to happen for it to be triggered in my brain. But yeah. Um, I like how they were. They they had like they were given food, and then when Hansel and Gretel had food, they they laid it out for. That that's how they found their way back. Yeah. And the food allows them to get back home so it's right. not a path but the food is what like lets them get home still yeah and it's also like the the fact that they went to their real grandma first and their real grandma said no you have to go to Baba Yaga, but as long as you're kind you'll get away and like that's the the message of that story is they were kind to the gates and the birch tree and the dogs and the mice and the birds and when you were kind to everything everything helped you back yeah it's like a, it's just a a karma message yeah. like even if even when times are rough be nice that so what i'm gonna end this story with is that baba yaga is also in like a lot of pop culture um so she's in the hellboy movie which I didn't know until I googled her and there are pictures of her in the Hellboy movie and she looks fucking scary. Okay? Very scary. <laughs> um, there's also a quest in The Witcher 3 about Baba Yaga, but it's not called Baba Yaga, so people don't know. But the quest line centers around uh, the ladies of the wood, or they're also called the Three Crowns. Um, oh. It references the Three Sisters. And... Like, when you first see them on a tapestry, they're all, like, really young and beautiful. And when you encounter them later on, they're old and disgusting. And they're all wearing um, severed hands and toy dolls. Like, Vasilisa the Beautiful. And there's also a knight in a black suit of armor that does their bidding. 
and they talk about like cooking and eating kids oh right so it's not like an explicit reference but it is a reference yeah yeah so the the thing that makes her scary you know is the fact that like you can't pin her down so she's like an all-encompassing figure when it's come to folklore and it's because of that because she's so all-encompassing she's sprinkled in a lot of different stories and like like earlier we like we traced her back to the fairy godmother from cinderella but she's also three cannibalistic witches in a video game like she can be everything because she is a unique slavic creation that is meant to represent literally everything yeah, and she's I, fucking that's scary earlier it's it's so yeah she's scary but like it's so cool to see how like we're, we're so used to seeing greek and roman ties in every every other story it's so like when you reflect back on this when you're like wait i watched like three movies with this lady referenced in it that it's one of the ones you don't learn in school so you just don't know literally but it's i don't know i find it so so interesting and like all of the videos i watched about it too were all essentially saying like wow look how fucking batshit slavic folklore is because it is because her house stands on chicken feet and the day is three horsemen like it's just weird and the the birch tree just wanted to be pretty that's my favorite part was that the the birch tree got a bow and i was like word i'm not evil anymore word worm i'll do what you want me to do can't hurt my homeboys to give me i thought it was super interesting and that and like the cat the cat got fed for the first time and then went and tore apart like her threads (laughs) like pop off that's petty (laughs) also the fact that baba yaga has like a bunch of talking animals that serve her and then the way doesn't feed them (laughs) that and the place we know her from is bar talk yeah that's a good point like bartok the magnificent here i'm gonna google it bartok and baba yaga bartok the magnificent oh my god it pulled up pictures from the movie and it's exactly how i remember her which is so fucking like she keeps oh my god oh my god yeah well i'm gonna watch this movie again but like her chicken leg hut used to scare the crap out of me because in the Bartok movie, it's tall. Like, I don't know yeah. if you remember that, but, like, it's it was ridiculously tall. high up. And, like, in most of the drawings and stuff, it's, like, chicken feet are not that long, you know? So it's it, it could have been stilts that we just mistook over time, but you could still, like, get up into her house. But, like, in the Bartok movie... She's, like, in the clouds and shit because her, um, her legs were so tall. Maybe they can stretch like she can. She can stretch across her living room. Maybe you're right. I could buy it. (laughs) Damn. Well, yeah, that's my story. That was really cool. I, I have, like... I wrote Baba Yaga down on a list of stuff to look into do at one point, so you beat me to it. 
Yo, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Because we now can't I got all the information without having to read. So. <laughs> Her Wikipedia page was a trip. I'll have to look. I love just weird Wikipedia pages. Well, do we do we do an intermission? <laughs> what I'm thinking is that yes. I mean, we got to stay consistent. Yeah, I do have to pee also. And intermission. And we're back. Wow. The fun part of recording this way is that when we do an intermission, we can actually stop the recording. Yeah. It's not like 30 minutes of silence. That was always the best part, was trying to like figure out when the silence ended. (laughs) But, I don't know, it got easier. And then we would talk for a little while. Right. It got easier when I started doing that. And we're back. Yeah, that helps. Because you can see the audio spikes. How are you? How was your intermission? It was good. I got a water bottle. Um, it's here now. And you're going to get Taco Bell. I am going to get Taco Bell in a little while. And then I will eat said Taco Bell, and it will be good. That. I got I got extra steak on mine. Don't you always, though? Sometimes. Sometimes it's a lot, and I just do normal steak. Dude, the day that Taco Bell discontinued the quesarito, you have I to thought be my mentally life was prepared ending. for extra steak. <laughs> you have to be mentally prepared for extra steak. But yeah, yeah. When they canceled the the Mexican pizza, I was like, I'm never going to Taco Bell again. And then we went that day. <laughs> like, I don't know how it happened, but so I don't know what happened. But I'm here now. <laughs> Somehow they convinced me to go. You know, it was sad. It was in, I was griefing, grief, grieving, <laughs> griefing is grieving. grieving. That was funny. That was funny. First, you compared Baba Yaga to Minecraft. Now you're. I've saying, been playing a lot of Minecraft. I have not. I I don't. It's just you know you you always have to go into the like month-long phase of playing Minecraft religiously, and then you don't think about Minecraft for like five months and then you hop right back into it you're right and you should say it yep that (laughs) all right right. well what have you got for me today i have a case for you you Uh, might have heard of it uh but i'm just gonna go right with the name but it's called the monster with 21 faces I watched it this morning and was like, I can't not watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, I can't not share. I did not. I do not know what this case is, but this is the BuzzFeed Unsolved video that popped up in my recommended. Yeah. I, I was like, <sighs> Matt, I was like, Mac probably watched this video this morning as I'm watching it. And then, so I just. I definitely almost watched it and I'm glad that I didn't. Oh my God. I'm so funny. excited. I thought about that. I was like, that's going to suck, but I really don't care. <laughs> so it was just really interesting. Now you can watch it after and see what I'm talking about. Right. Now you get to tell me about it. I do. And I shall. 
I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so we're, uh, our story starts on March 18th, 19th, 1984. Okay. The president of Azaki Glico, it's a, a candy company in Japan. Uh, his name is Katsuhisa Izaki. That's why he's called Azaki Glico. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he was home, his wife was home, and then he has three kids. And then on the same property he lived on, it was like, it had a wall around it. There was two houses on this property. And in the other house was was his mother. Okay. So at 9 p.m. that night, two men armed with a pistol and a rifle break in to the mother's house. Uh, She was, her name's Yoshi. She was 70 years old and she was restrained with a cut telephone line. Uh, and the only thing they took from this house was a key to the other house. Nothing else. Uh, they then proceed to, they walk right over next door, and they, they break in. They just unlock the door, though, because they knew that there was a security system. Uh, and mm-hmm. they walk right in, and they run into Mikiko, uh, Katsuhisa's wife, and then the, also their daughter, the oldest kid, and they are also tied up with telephone lines and his wife offers the two men money and they they are quoted by her saying be quiet money is irrelevant end quote uh they then proceed to go through the house cut more telephone lines so nobody can call for help and they're looking for katsuhisa and they find him in the bath with his two young kids and they abduct him and take him to a warehouse in Ibaraki, Osaka. I'm going to butcher some of these names also. <laughs> but I can say Osaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he was still naked at this time. Oh, no. Also. I just thought that was a fun detail. That they ju- they really just took this man out the no. bath and left. Uh, and something really interesting that <laughs> caught caught my attention was that the pistol and rifle that they they were carrying are now, like, believed to be toys. Oh, shit. They just used it to, like, look more threatening. That's kind of but funny. But they, they were fake guns. Supposedly. They never, they don't have them, but from, like, footage and what it looks like, they appear to be toy guns. Which I just thought, like, that's, that's like some John Dillinger That's a stuff, little funny. And I love that. Uh. So... Like I said, Katsuhisa is president of the the candy company. And so these two men write a ransom note to Izaki Glico, the company, and demand 1 billion yen and 10, uh, not 10, 100 kilograms of gold. And that all totals up to be about 10 million U.S. dollars, to put it in perspective. Uh, And they, they wrote to put it... Yeah, they wrote to put it at a specific phone booth. Just, like, dump the money okay. and gold also there. Um, but before any payment or negotiation is completed, Katsuhisa breaks breaks out of whatever he's bound with and escapes three days after the original kidnapping. Um, but he can give no, like evidence or any clue as to who the men were or why they kidnapped him like he had nothing he he really like gave no help he was just like i got out at this point he's clothed clothed also they did eventually give him clothes how thoughtful 
they didn't leave him naked. <laughs> that they didn't leave him naked. So this is kind of not great because they lost their their chip in the game, but the kidnappers did not give up. They they write a new note demanding the equivalent of four hundred eighty thousand dollars from Izaki Glico, or they threatened <gasps> to poison the candy with cyanide. Um, what they actually did though, to like kind of like say they were serious uh before they went all the way to poisoning they lit several cars on glico property on fire oh shit (laughs) so um yeah which i thought was just a lot of really chaotic jumps they were like dang we lost our kidnapped man let's poison candy and set cars on fire no like literally they went from Zero to fifty to one hundred. Yeah, they they were they jumped some hurdles. Uh but again, after all of this goes on, after all the notes, after the fires are set, the police have no leads, no idea of motivation, and no suspects at all. <laughs> Imagine being the and police. At- yeah, no, it's pretty crazy for them at this point. Uh the police in this area were known for being very efficient. Like, very good and, sh- mm-hmm. like, fast. Uh, specifically, the in the year before, in 1983, the police solved 91.7% of murders and 55.3% of thefts. Oh, and sure. in the U.S., in that same year, uh, the murders were solved 73.5% of the time, and thefts were only solved 17.3% of the time. Yikes. So, they were, like... Compared to us, at least, they were they were on their game. Uh, the kidnappers, like, are, like, it'd be reasonable for the public to get upset over this, but the kidnappers also become angry at the police, <laughs> uh, and they begin to write letters, and they, some of them give clues and, like, hint at motive, and, but most of it is just ridiculing the police, uh, which they're fun to read that is and i have a couple of hilarious (laughs) i have a few like snippets of them some of them are really long but uh the first letter is sent on april 8th 1984 to the police and it states uh it starts off it's it's addressed to the japanese police fools and it goes it, it the the letter goes, are you stupid? There's so many of you. What on earth are you doing? If you are real pros, try catching me. There's too much handicap, so I'll give you a hint. There's no fellows in the Izaki relative. There's no fellows in the police. There's no fellows in flood fighting corpse. The car I used is gray. Food was bought at Daei. It's a, a supermarket in the area. And then... If you want to know info, beg for it in the newspaper. After telling you all this, you should be able to catch me. If you don't, you are tax thieves. Shall I kidnap the head director of the prefectural police? And end quote, long quote. That is Which hilarious. I just thought was so good. <laughs> Everything about that, like, checked a box for me. It's so, like, just arrogant and cocky, and I loved it. But... Um, right. I love the hints too. They were like, "Look, you couldn't find any of this out. I'll give it to you, dude." Mm-hmm. Um, and when when it says no fellows in whatever whatever, it means that we don't we're not related to these people, or we th- these people aren't working with us. Oh. Um, so when it says no fellows in the Izaki's relatives, there's like 
we're not part of their family. This isn't a family thing. And we're not, it's not part of the police. This isn't an inside job. And for some reason, they also threw him, we're not part of flood control. So. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not part of flood control. Um, And then at the same time, another letter is sent to media, like newspaper in the area. It says, two police fools, you shouldn't lie. If you lie, you steal. Uh... And I just like that because, like, well, you got to be, they were they were mad that they weren't, like, saying what they found to the public, which I just thought was funny again. They're just, like, right, telling them like how to do their job. Right, like, they wanted people to be scared of them or something? No, like, literally. Yeah. They, 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 it goes on saying, like, don't hide things. Why are you complaining? Why are you having such a hard time? Yikes. Uh, it, This one gives more hints. It says, I entered the factory from the side staff entrance. The typewriter we used is a pan writer, and the plastic container used was a piece of street garbage. And this one is the first letter sign, monster with 21 faces. Ooh. Okay, so we go into that name a little bit later. But this is when they named themselves that, is what that shows. Is It wasn't like... A lot of aliases are are given from the newspaper. They gave theirs to the newspaper. Yikes. They they wrote to the media a lot after this. The um the coverage was doing really well and they liked the coverage. They became known as treating crime as theater. Like they they loved to show off pretty much. That's kind of fun. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh the letters start claiming that they have stolen stock from Glico and have already poisoned the candy and they are intending to put it on store shelves if their demands are not met. Yo. These letters... <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy stuff. They The letters go on and on. And throughout all of this case, there's over a hundred letters that they send to the media and the police in the area. Yo. Again, even after all these clues, authorities still couldn't get anywhere, and a lot of the clues were random clues, and actually, like, it seems like they could be helpful, but with what else they had, couldn't really help them out. But by showing that the, like, showing the public that they were giving away clues just made it seem that the police were very incompetent to the public. That, like, they didn't know what was useful and that the police couldn't actually use this, but it just made it look like that the police, even with handouts, weren't doing anything. And since the the group, the Monster with 21 Faces, was so busy with the public, like always in the public, it just, it that note struck home with them. Oh, shit. That letter, that, that first letter that signed is in June. Uh, and this name comes from a book written by Adagua Rampo. Who it, and that's a, a pseudo name that like he writes under it. Mm-hmm. His real name is Taro Hire. I'm not the great with names, but he's a very popular mystery writer in Japan. He kind of like brings it mystery writing to life in Japan. Brings oh. like blows it up over there. He was he's very like, oh, interested in inspired. Yeah, very very much like he was very interested and inspired by like western mystery and horror and he um two things that he's like written about or used inspiration from specifically is arthur conan doyle uh with sherlock and edgar Allan poe which 
fun fact is where he got his name Ranpo. Oh. So at the end is inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, so he's like a fanboy. Yeah, but he like he owns it too, and he he makes like mystery and horror writing very popular in Japan. Uh, he wrote a ton of books. I I went and looked at like some of the stuff he wrote, and there, he wrote a lot of mystery novels. Hmm. This man was busy. Um, the book that this is based off, the name is based off, is called The Mystery Man with the Twenty Faces. It's and it's a children's mystery book. Okay. Um. In the book, the man is crazy good at disguising himself, and mm. he also uses newspaper articles to, like, stir up the public around his crimes and stuff. So, oh. like, when he, was a, when he was about to do a heist in the book, he would publish the date, time, and building he would do it at, and then do it and get away with it and the police can never catch him because he was this crazy great at disguises have you ever seen um, the master of disguise yeah Where he's, i'm a turtle yeah <laughs> turtle scene is <laughs> that, what i as soon as you that said that it that's what i thought of turtle yeah but like it like i don't know i just thought that was it's so like he took everything from the book or the group took everything from the book uh fanboy so this... behavior <laughs> i like that he added a one too yeah he was like I, it's like when you're it changed it up a little he bit. was like when you tell somebody like you can copy my homework but change it so that they don't know <laughs> yeah it's the monster with 21 faces or the mystery man with the 20 faces i i just liked he, he only changed it slightly it's good change it uh, so they don't know you copied <laughs> None of the, the Glico products were found poisoned, but a ton of products are removed from stores because they're scared of some of them being poisoned. Gotcha. And this results in a loss of more than $20 million, mm. and it laid off over 450 part-time workers. And over the, like, over the, the whole course of this case Gleeker reports a total decrease in sales of 130 million dollars mm. so a hard hit oh yeah <laughs> a pretty hard hit and there was no poisoned candy right <laughs> so they didn't even have to do the work like they just got screwed uh uh, after this hit, on June 26th, they write saying they forgive Glico. Uh, but then in September, that same year, 1984, another food and candy company, Morinaga, I think is how you say it, Morinaga. Oh, by the way, I think Glico is who, like, makes Pocky. Anyway, <laughs> another food candy company mm -hmm. starts receiving letters filled with vague threats mm. and demanding the equivalent of four hundred and ten thousand dollars what the fuck uh morinaga never s sends a payment uh so they wait a little while for the payment never get it october 8th rolls around and Japanese newspapers all over receive a letter, and the letter says, To moms throughout Japan, in autumn, when appetites are strong, sweets are really delicious. When you think of sweets, no matter what you say, it's Morinaga. We've added some special flavor. The flavor of potassium cyanide is a little bitter. 
It won't cause tooth decay, so buy the sweets for your kids. We've attached a notice on these bitter sweets that's that say they contain poison. We've put 20 boxes in stores from Hakata to Tokyo. Uh, so they're pretty much like, we tagged them, but go for it. <laughs> Yo. Uh, so this time, several packages were found with little typed, self-typed cyanide warning labels stuck to the front. Um, and by February, they found 21 poison sweets. So they added an extra one. I thought that was sneaky. Mm-hmm. I was like, why say 20 and May 21? But anyway, uh, some of these packages had no cyanide, while others had enough to kill an adult human. Dude, what the hell? It's like Russian roulette, but with candy. <laughs> yeah, but no one ate the candy because they were all labeled. Which is uh, why also, why label them? I have so many questions about what is going on here. But the next time they write another note after all the candies are found, they, they say, uh, the, the, um, the next event will be 30 boxes and there will be no more labels. (laughs) So I think it was like a a warning card. Like you could check these and you can know that these ones are actually poisoned this time because they're first with, with Glico, they, they didn't poison anything. So I think they did that as like a look. We really poisoned them this time, guys. Right. It's like calling uh, their bluff. Yeah. So it's like I don't. I don't think they wanted to hurt any innocent people. So they were like, "You can check these, so you know we're serious this time." Right. Uh, a force of forty thousand police were staked out at groceries all over Japan for the next two weekends following the event. They looked for people bringing in bags, people with tampering with store items, and were looking through surveillance footage uh, just to like see if anyone was bringing stuff in and putting it on the shelves. Um, uh... They find they find no more poison boxes. So this like thirty boxes thing was a lie again. Uh, but they did find surveillance video from October 7th, uh, the day before that note saying, like, releasing the information, like, we've tagged a bunch of bags, mm-hmm. um, with of a man with permed hair, a baseball cap, glasses, and holding a candy bar. And he walks over to the back of the store, the store and he places the candy bar onto the shelf. And they had recovered poison candy from that same spot the next day. Uh... So this is the first suspect since the original crime almost seven months before. Finally. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he was dubbed the videotape man. <laughs> but because the, the security guard hadn't changed the tape in quite a while, the quality was really poor. And it wasn't really that helpful and it never went anywhere. Uh, shortly after this footage was released, though, the police also released phone calls that were demanding money, similar to how the Monster with 21 Faces demanded money, and these calls were, like, believed to be from them. Like, it was, they treated it as this was them. Right. Uh, but these are kind of, like, creepy and off, like, they throw you off a little, because it seemed to be just these... You know, the only thing that they have right now is the two kidnappers and the man, the videotaped man. So it seemed like it was just a few men involved, but these calls were all made by woman and a child, by a woman and a child. What? Which is just like, <laughs> there's like a vi- there's a phone call of a child like saying, "Leave the money behind the bench." <laughs> it's just terrifying because why would like it's a little kid telling like robbing you? That's that's so weird. It's like gaslighting. 
because it, yeah <laughs> whoa imagine now it's that. a child getting away with this and the police have no leads uh but the public start like it 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 gets blown up a lot because people are like, wait, now anybody could be involved in this. It's not just two right. guys at this point. It's how big is this group? What, who could this be? What other people are involved? It like, it starts to really freak people out. As it should. So that's the, the uh, second business or like corporation they mess with. If we jump a little bit further to March, 1985, uh, the monster with 21 faces at this point has harassed 31 food or candy companies with still no arrest, no <laughs> suspect, or no, candy? no, like, viable leads. <laughs> Good Why? question. I mean, a lot of Only people eat candy. candy. I don't know, man. Like, this, it's like reverse Willy Wonka. One of the, the only other leads that they get, uh, is at a potential money drop-off they keep you know they keep asking for money uh police spot a man that's like suspicious acting weird and he's described to have eyes like those of a fox they they start to tail him but he he gets away he escapes uh the same man was spotted again at another money drop-off but again escaped (laughs) Uh, How? but you know, I don't know, man, this guy was good. And at this point he's dubbed the Fox eyed man. And he is the second suspect that they like, <laughs> nothing really happens. These names are getting kind of literal. It, it all starts. It just sounds like a story. Book, no, literally. Which is weird the name comes from a, like a kid's mystery book. I thought that, that was a weird thing that happened. Um, uh, but one of the, like, strangest things about the case so far is that some companies did, like, just give, like, got the money together and dropped it off. And a lot of times police would be staged, like, acting as the company to try to catch who was responsible. Uh, but the the monster with 21 faces never picked up any of the money. What? No money that they demanded was ever gathered. It was kind of just like a let's see who will do it kind of thing almost. It's like just doing it for the the, the chaos of it almost. I also thought it could be like one of those things to like show the public like look these co- corporations have enough to give me $400,000 just because I asked for it and I'm kind of creepy. Like it, it's kind of showing the public that look how much these big corporations just have to throw away. At a, a weird guy writing notes. That. At a weird guy but, writing yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah, they, they never picked up any of the money. In August 1985, almost a, like a year after the kidnapping, the police had received over 28,000 tips and over 13, I mean, 130,000 officers were involved in the case in some kind of way. So, like, investigations and those stakeouts they did at the store which were all through japan the ones like what like reading the letters and investigating the letters um which is a lot of people and more than 125,000 pois were investigated people of interest they like anyone at the supermarkets at the time the the supermarket employees, people in the houses that were around. So, like, at this point, it's all over Japan, and so many people have been involved, and yet there's still nothing. Which is kind of funny. 
I mean, yeah. deeply troubling, but like, how are they getting Scary. away with it? Yeah, it, it gets to the point at like, with all those numbers piling up on August 12th, sadly, the police superintendent Yamamoto of the Shiga Prefecture died by suicide by self-immolation because he could just he couldn't handle the humiliation of the case uh is what he like writes as like they have nothing they can't find anything and it's been all over and they've just like he felt like as if he had failed the people um which i thought was so sad like it, it shows just how hard it went on some of these people like it was it was a year, that, and they had and this lasted so long. They had zip. Yeah. Um, it's torture. And then, yeah. And then three days after the, after he kills himself, the monster with 21 faces sent a final letter, which reads, that's kind of an insensitive also, so I'm going to just disclaim right there. Warning. It, it's it's a little insensitive to what happens, but it says Yamamoto of Shiga Prefecture Police died. How stupid of him. We've got no friends or secret hiding place in Shiga. It's Yoshina or Shikata who should have died. What have they been doing for so long as one year and five months? Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. No career, Yamamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolence. We decided to forget about torturing food-making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food-making companies, it is not us but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Sign monster with twenty one faces. What? So he he kind of just writes like we weren't even over there. Like that's why you couldn't find anything. Uh, and then like names the police, uh, the head police in the areas that should be worrying. But like that's so he's just the way they handle it is like we give our condolences, but you also call the guy dumb because like we we weren't hiding over there. That's deeply troubling for some reason. Like, <laughs> but this this is the last letter. They they there's radio silence, and no arrests are ever made. <laughs> the statute of limitations for the kidnapping ran out in June 1995, not 55. The case happened after that, um, and the statute of limitations for the attempted poisoning ran out in February of 2000. Hey, that's when I was born. Yeah. They gave it, like, just in time for you. This case is a Pisces. Uh, so, some people believe Katsuhika was in on it from the beginning. The guy kidnapped. Because the group was so organized that to have him escape so easily and so early on right. just seemed weird. But the only proof to that theory is that Glico never had any poison, poison candy, just threats. But they also only poisoned candy one time. Like, they only went through with the, the poison candy one time. Right. Even though they threatened right. it a lot. So it, it's just kind of, some people are just suspicious of the man because he got away. Um, mm -hmm. Another theory is that there was a group of people who were seeking revenge on Japan's food companies because of an incident that happened over 30 years before this crime. So in 1955, some Morinaga powdered milk 
contained arsenic because there was an accident with stabling agent in the powder. Like, something went wrong and somehow arsenic gets into the powdered milk. And over 12,000 infants were made sick and 138 infants sadly passed away because of the milk. Uh, at the time of the monster with 21 faces crime, these kids, many of which faced like a lot of medical hardships throughout their life because of the arsenic milk, would have been around 29, 30-ish. And people believe that it, a group of them got together and organized a strike against, um, against Morinaga and the other food companies. Oh, wow. <laughs> like the arsenic babies unionized. Yeah. Yeah, I was that was that was just a lot when I read that. I was that like, is what? the name of this episode. The Arsenic Babies <laughs> Unionized. That's good. Oh my gosh. Um But yeah, like some people believe that these people that have been like sick their whole life and had to deal with so much medical stuff just built up so much resent through that that they they just like tortured the food groups. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, I guess that makes sense a little. But, yeah, they're, like, I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, yeah. But a lot of it is pointing at that Morinaga was the only one actually poisoned by them. Like, they only poisoned their candy. Mm -hmm. um, and they just kind of tortured the other ones for having the same power. And also, like, it was kind of attacking the food group as well as the police. Uh, so it, uh, some people believe that it was partly made up of people from this group and pe people from other areas because there's no there's no idea of how big this group was who could have had their hands in on it. Um, but our last little thing, we're going to jump back a little bit. Do you remember the videotape man and the fox eyed man from like 10 minutes ago? Yes. Okay. Uh, some people believe that they are the same man and this man is named Manabu Miyazaki. Miyazaki is a writer and social critic and has written several bestsellers in Japan. His father, however, was a Yakuza boss. So like the mafia are a gang, mm. a gang boss. Uh, so he had ties to organized crime. And Miyazaki had been involved with a labor dispute with Glico, Glico, 10 years before the kidnapping. So it was kind of, it wasn't as far back as the 30-year-ago arsenic milk. So it was a little more recent. Um, so it kind of ties him to Glico and gives him ties to crime. Mm -hmm. uh, but earlier, when we talked about the fox and man, he had eluded the police twice. But at the first chase, they couldn't catch him, but they, they found his car, which had a stolen police scanner inside, and they also, like, saw him enough to give a very good sketch, like, get a sketch artist to do a very good sketch. Um, and this sketch looked almost identical to Miyazaki, mm. so much so that his mother even said that it looked exactly like him. Mm. Uh, Miyazaki had also gotten in trouble in college by organizing anti-police activities and had been arrested several times because of dealings with the like his father's gangs and stuff so that but all his alibis were cleared uh and since it was just a sketch they he never faced any charges because it wasn't like they had a picture of him it's like 
this sketch artist could have just drew something that was just really similar to him, but it's another guy that also just looks similar to him. Um, that was not the plot twist I saw coming. I didn't see anything coming, but wow. I know. That one was like a uh, little shocking. Miyazaki uh, has a memoir about his life of crime, and it was released shortly after the statute of limitation was released for the crimes of the monster with 21 faces. So everyone was like, this book is about to tell us who did it. <laughs> um, and the cover was also the picture, the sketch from the case. Yo. But it, people read the whole book. He never even mentions the case in the book. Like, oh, doesn't even mention getting off of it. for it. Yeah, he just drops it. Um, so, and, like, they talked about on the BuzzFeed Unsolved video that I watched. They uh, they bring up that he could have just been... He didn't want people to have closure. He wanted to hint that it was him, but why give them closure when he got away with it? Right. Like, he wanted to torment the police that much more. Like, never ha- let them have their closure on the case. Because, like, so many police officers talk about their the relief when you you finish a crime you put someone away for it the closure is so satisfying but he he wouldn't give that to them he would just tease them which is kind of Uh, amusing so the crime is unsolved and whoever did it got away with it it might be Miyazaki it might not be it could be arsenic babies like the arsenic babies (laughs) that unionized they did they got their stuff together if it was them but it would like it just for a police force that known like is known for being very efficient and very good at getting like putting people away couldn't even get leads throughout most of the case just showed like how did how do you do that that how are you that organized and how do you clean up enough and i don't know it just blew my mind that that could happen so who do you think did it? I don't know. The the Miyazaki thing, <laughs> there's so much that, like, even if he wasn't at the crimes, it seems like he had a hand in it. He, like, especially with ties to, to, yeah. to organized yeah. crime, it'd be so easy to hire off someone under you in that. If you're your dad, the boss of an organized crime unit, you you have some ties that you can get people to do some stuff for you. Right, so it wasn't, it might not have been him, like, physically. I definitely believe he was involved. Like, his memoir talks about some of the stuff. Like, it was a lot of revolts against police, and he was doing that in college. Like, he was actively involved in those. So all the the ridiculing of the police definitely fits his character. Um, Mm -hmm. And could have just found people that were... You know, he could have also been against just big corporations and then maybe his buddy was one of those arsenic babies. And, like, (laughs) I don't know, but I definitely feel like he – it really points to him. To have a sketch, to have motives line up, to have, like, people say it was you but can't – because it's a sketch, you can't act on it enough. Um and yeah. alibis only go so yeah. far when you can just hire people to do it. That. Damn. So, I, that's what I feel like. He just organized a group of enough people and got away with it. I mean, with that memoir, that's definitely what it feels like. 
like that memoir definitely feels like at least like a tease a tease yeah or like a partial admittance of like hey look what i'm making the Could cover you know like why would you <laughs> willfully make the police sketch of a crime you're of a case you're not talking about in your memoir why would you make that the cover if you're not trying to send a message yeah i, I when i didn't like get that at like get the same message at first but when the when they said it on buzzfeed and solid it was like holy cow right that's a power move it's like addressing it to those people almost it's addressing it to the police officers also that book was like a bestseller in japan because everyone thought he's about to spill the beans um so even though they never picked (laughs) up any of the money and he might not have even been involved he definitely profited off of it he made millions of dollars off that book so he found a way to get his money that's insane the fact that they never picked up any of the money is also insane like i was just scared that they actually poisoned the candy yeah the second time but they 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 just kept threatening to do it and everyone believed him at that point because they found poison in the candy but they didn't even have to buy any more poison so they weren't <laughs> losing any money on that they just they just tell people like look we did it that other time which is and you also you also got to wonder if it was a group or was it just a bunch of people like the first guy started doing it to that first company and then other people copied. Yeah, it's like, like a bunch could... of copycats. Or like, was the first one one crime by itself, and then somebody took that that name and just ran with it for all the other ones? Like, there's no way to know. Yeah. Because there's no, like, they got no evidence or no leads to anything. Right. That's crazy. There's also, like, Miyazaki's just a good finger to point. The police could have, like, planted that sketch, you know? Oh, that. Because he's, it, it could have been the police just really wanted to give something. They were tired of the humiliation. And they that was something they could say, look, he's tied to crime. Why can't it be him? You know? Yeah. It's just, like, it could go so many ways. Damn. That was a good case. So, nobody was ever, like, even arrested. I, I like... It blew my mind watching it and then digging through stuff and finding that there really was just like they could find nothing. Um, The letters are a trip to go through. Um, (laughs) So, but yeah, it was, it's a lot. Yeah, it feels like a lot. Damn. I like to, to last a year and a half with nothing just blows my mind that but yeah that is the case of the monster with 21 faces i'm glad i did not watch the buzzfeed video because i really I know almost that... did i mean i had something else too i would have had to go get my notebook out of the car but what was your other thing i can't tell you because i'm gonna do it but you should still tell me because i'll forget about it no i've already told you once so you've already had time to forget about it wait so I'll forget again. Tell me again. No, but now I'm building up. Like repetition makes memory. I'm I'm hurting my chances now. Wait, <laughs> but I want to know. Um. Hmm. But I feel like because I don't know, it's recorded. You'll have to hear it twice because of this. Cause aren't you editing this one? Yeah, I it's am editing this one. <laughs> Them. 
What's what's your next never know. category? My next I'm not doing that one for my next category, but uh my next category is ghost haunted stuff or like folklore, whatever. Mm. Something. <laughs> I'm doing something next episode. Something. Yeah, my ghost story this week was Baba Yaga, so it's like the our Yeah, I did the Lugaru as a ghost one time. Our definitions our- are just getting really skewed at this point. Yeah, no, I I really thought I was going to have the hardest with conspiracy theories. And so far, that's been, like, my favorite one. Yes, I, like, look forward to it. Because, it, like, the the other category is just so broad that we could literally bring anything interesting to the table. And then, like, true crime is so easy because it's, like, all factual information. Ghosts, that's the, hardest, the hardest one. Easily. It's very hard. A lot of it is just like, this building's haunted. Just believe us. Right. It's old, so it has to be. So, like, a lot of what you start reading about really has no juice to it. Right. And so you got to sift through a lot of, like, very shallow stories before you find something that, like, really catches your eye. They're all good. I highly recommend going to read short stories about ghosts, but it's like, I want something juicy for the podcast. The other day... I bought, um, it's a, a short story book, but it's ghost stories, like really, really old ghost stories. Um, it's called, uh, Collected Ghost Stories by M.R. James. I don't know if you're on that side of TikTok, but it was recommended to me because it's supposedly really scary. And I read like two or three of them. And at first I was like, it's a book. Books can't be scary, but it is. Sure. Like, <laughs> like some of them are, because it's, it's old-timey language, so some of it's kind of hard to decipher, but what you can decipher, like, dude, dude. The scariest part of that would be the deciphering for me. No. I'm the worst readerer <laughs> on the planet. You also can't spell, as demonstrated by our Discord. And I can't speak. <laughs> have you, you noticed really that? Like you you have to have noticed three. that. Is that I try to like start saying stuff with conviction, and that's when I lose it. And like I have to repeat myself ten times <laughs> because I I stumble over the word the. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> it's the conviction that gets you. I know. I get so like cocky with my words, <laughs> and then I lose it, man. I crumble. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny it's like the the universe couldn't let you be that powerful <laughs> so it took away my you ability be to smart read. and articulate <laughs> that no ability to read sup name shared i'm 19, 19. never learned, never how, learned how, to how to read, read. he was a legend really was reading like real books now like I, I don't know what it is, but I'm on Book Talk now, and I've gotten so many books recommended to me that, like, I've bought a few. Trying to read now is so difficult for me, because, like, I cannot sit still anymore. <laughs> I just bought some books trying to trying to read more to get back into the... Once school starts, it's like, like, I mean, high school, when you're not forced to read anymore, is what I'm saying. It just drops off. That. But, like, it's, you, you like forget about it almost and that i love reading even though i can't read out loud very well um 
I'm a fast reader in my head. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I used to love reading, but I definitely stopped when I started high school. But I just bought, um, the, they did the anniversary edition covers for the Heroes of Olympus books. Right? That's what it's called. I want to see those. Um, whatever, like the Lost Hero, like the Mark of Athena. I bought them, and because like the the paperback, because like all that stuff happened where we lost a bunch of our stuff, but the yeah the paperback collection of the anniversary covers was like thirty dollars on Amazon, so I bought all mm-hmm. five books for thirty dollars, and they're so pretty, and I'm obsessed with them, and I'm gonna start like I want to reread percy jackson and then reread the heroes of olympus but the problem with that is i also just bought interview with a vampire that i also really want to read i don't know too many good ones that like i'm just accumulating good books my amazon because we also all started like amazon wish lists um, I say we all. I started an Amazon wish list, and I'm trying <laughs> to make Lucille start one for like Christmas and stuff. My whole Amazon wish list right now is just books that I heard about that sounded interesting. <laughs> so we'll see That's how so that good. goes. Ooh. Yeah, I need to get back into reading. I'm gonna make that a priority when I get back to school. That's valid. The library's there. I mean, there's a library here too, but I don't like. I'm also working college libraries. They're not as there's not like fun books. I'm realizing no, like it's a whole but lot of go there to read sources. It's like research books. Yeah, I went in there. Like no, uh, like I'm trying to walk into semester. the teen section, <laughs> and I got the, the 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 encyclopedia of dogs just to look at the pictures. <laughs> that's that's what i did in the the college library i was like yeah i'm checking out the dog book Um, i want to look at dogs so i went to my dorm and looked at all the dogs and then i brought it back i that's the personal anecdote like i didn't know i needed but like now that i have it like i could have just googled it it, but i no like literally you could have just googled it I, i woke up with like I had to go get it from the library. And I wasn't about to let myself down like that, so I went to the library and I got it. You are a sim. <laughs> and that was a glitch. Yeah, no, they canceled, like, I was, like, supposed to be asleep and they canceled it. And I autofilled to dog book. He <laughs> autofilled to the dog book. Dude, I just got um, Eco Living for the Sims and I'm kind of obsessed with it. Oh, have you seen the new update that's coming out for Sims 4? No. What? The the cottage core? Oh. One. I They're did. adding cows and llamas and rabbits. See, oh my god. I'm not terribly excited about it. Got to be honest. I don't know. I like I'm an animals person, so I saw it and I was like give I'll take it. I liked some of the build and buy stuff, but other than that like I don't know. And the chickens I have a are feeling cute. we're going to get a world and it's going to be like <laughs> one plot again. 
You know, like recently with the oh, yeah. the Sims 4 neighborhoods, it's like only three residential lots. And it's like, dude, what's the point of a neighborhood if I can't, what? Walk around in it, yeah. Right. But it's okay. Yeah. I also think I'm going to get the interior designer one because that looks fun. But that's a game pack. Ooh. That's not an expansion pack. Yeah. I don't know. Dude. But yeah. How long is... Oh, this one's also like almost an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll be easy, I think, to to just like throw this one in after our intermission. So it'll be fun. Yeah, there's a little bit we have to cut out because people came in yeah. with my Taco Bell. With your Taco Bell. But it shouldn't be too difficult. Hopefully. I've been staring at my Taco Bell this whole time. Oh. I didn't want to eat it because oh. the paper's crinkly. Mm-hmm. So I've just been like staring at the Taco Bell. Well, we can we can wrap up so that you can eat your Taco Bell. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not starving me like the Baba Yaga cat. <laughs> like the Baba Yaga cat. Not the Baba Yaga cat. Not the Baba Yaga cat. Oh, we cat. didn't say what episode this was at the beginning of the episode. Oh. By the way, this is the Morbid and Mundane episode 13. Lucky number Goodbye. 13. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We are the Morbid and the Mundane on every platform. Join our Discord. It's in the link tree of our Instagram we were bio. We have fun. Yeah, we were we're actually like conversing with people in our Discord now. <laughs> we didn't keep forgetting about it. Right. Now that we're doing like remote recording and stuff, like we can keep Discord open and like pop in and out of there. Like we're on Discord right now. Obviously like not in a live channel, but you know what I mean. I was talking. I did an announcement in there earlier. I saw, I saw. We're actually utilizing our Discord now. Wow, who would have thought? We remembered with our brains. When are we going to start a Morbid and Mundane Minecraft server? Um, When I can afford a realm. That. <laughs> Fun. Or make a server on my potato laptop. When you, when you get rid of your potato laptop and you get a computer. I'm trying. <laughs> the parts all got expensive because the chip shortage. And I'm broke. <laughs> Not I had really. enough, and then I went back online, and then the price. I went. no longer had enough. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. It should be back. It's well. I think it's coming back down. The last time I looked. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for bearing with night. us with like the technical stuff that we're. This is like it's like all trying out new things, trying to see what works. So thank you for your patience. And yeah, thank you. Goodbye. Come back next week. Bye. Oh yeah, come back next week. Every Wednesday. Wow. And cut.